You're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley back for a buy-round special Supercoach episode. So TLT round 13 has hit today, and it is obviously the first buy-round of the Supercoach season and the NRL season. So huge for Supercoaches. Uh, of course, for this episode, had to get Billy on board. I mentioned that it was going to be a big buy special. We're going to go through all the buy questions that you might have, all the buy players and everything to try and help you tackle this first buy round for round 13. But Billy, you have tackled every buy round in the history of Supercoach and I reckon you've smashed a heap of them. So glad to have you back on board, mate. Thanks, mate. It's a bit tougher this year, but we'll, uh, we'll work our way through it maybe. A bit of strategy, a bit of luck, a bit of all of the above. <laughs> Has Supercoach treated you pretty well the last couple of weeks since we last chatted? No, not at all. <laughs> it hasn't been <laughs> It hasn't been kind. I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I decided to take some of my own advice and some of my own medicine and get a couple of my all-time favourite players in, like Milne, who got six and a concussion and something else. And, you know, a few tragedies, mate. My, uh, my season this week is, is, is a serious Macbeth story, but that's all right. We'll, uh, we'll try and bounce back with a solid nine and a half players this week, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a pretty, I mean, realistically, it was a pretty crappy round and it has been... It has been a tough couple of weeks for super coaches. So it isn't the most ideal time to be running into the buy for a lot of people because there's certainly some super coaches that weren't planning for the buy and mm-hmm. they've had a bad couple of weeks and now they're probably thinking to themselves, oh, geez, maybe I should have planned for the buy because it's been pretty tough. But, you know, when we're looking at the round that was, um, I actually had a pretty good round, which was surprising. You know, I've ended up um, around 1,300 which was really good. And I even made some mistakes. Like I was actually pretty keen to switch to, to Tedesco when the round started for the captain's in. I didn't do it. I uh, kept it on Cleary rather than the VC on Cleary, which I should have done, but I realised I couldn't loop. So that that was a bit of a bummer. I had TPJ pull out on me at the last minute, so I had to cop an AE. Uh, so that was also pretty bad, but I was still in that with a good score. So last couple of weeks, I've actually gone all right. The, the two weeks before that, I went terrible though, and that seems to be my... My season the last couple of months, it's two weeks on, two weeks off. I'm like a FIFO worker, mate. <laughs> yeah, same as like dumb and dumber with me. Make one dumb decision and the dumber one to fix it. And then the dumb one I made before comes back to bite me again. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> it's a bit tough. But um, obviously, it's a, you know, this is a segue into the strategy. But it just goes to show that, you know, just having one player can make a massive difference. Like I, I actually had a really good round with, you know, Alex Johnson scoring 110 at a... And um, Cotter up there scoring you know, 80 odd. So a couple of really, and Walker scoring 110. So some really good pods. And then all of a sudden, not only in Teddy, just brings you right back to earth. So it, it just goes to show that quality over quantity kind of um, prevails a lot of the time. Yeah. And it was one of those rounds where there was less 80 pluses. We had 25 80 pluses, which is, you know, probably just slightly below average or around average for this season so far. Uh, we had the 10 hundreds though. So the week before, we only had 400 plus scores. But this time around, we had the tens. I had three of them, so that's what pulled me through. I had Tedesco, and anyone who had Tedesco had a good round, but I also had Campbell Graham for his 119 third best score. And even though Campbell Graham got downdated from his 137, Cody Walker got the points and ended up updating to 103, and I owned him too. So it didn't really make much difference, but there were certainly a lot of pods uh, in that um, top 10 scores, like 
Tedesco, 27% was actually higher than what I thought he was. Campbell Graham, 6.3% was the, the big one, though. Like That was a, a massive score because he's someone who is owned enough but still heavily pod, and 119 that he ended up down dated to was still a big one. So uh, some good scores there, but there was definitely some well-owned players that you could hit on too. Cameron Munster got his 112 too, so it wasn't all doom and gloom for, for super coaches. I'm disappointed for you, mate. You, you bang on every year about chimping on it. <laughs> one time it goes ballistic. Oh, mate. You, you should have seen me on the weekend. I was filthy that I didn't own Tupo. Like I, and for everyone that says, you know, that don't don't think that I, I don't, you know, live and die by my own sword. I, I own Tupo, but when he got suspended after after that Ravalawa hit on Anzac Day, I, I had to get, uh, I can't remember who it was, but there was a centre wing that was a, a low break even must have sort of thing. And whoever it was, I had to get them in and, and Tupo was the only guy I should really trade. Uh, and I needed the centre wing to play as well. So, I traded Tupo after he got suspended that week. That's the only reason I didn't have him. And then I needed a fullback for Trevojevic. And I didn't want to run thin at fullback. So I put Manu ahead of Tupo in my trade-ins. So lucky I did, though, because if I traded Tupes in, I would have been really happy with his 107 on the weekend. But I would have been absolutely spewing that he got picked for the Blues and wasn't going to be in the buy round. Oh, mate, that's been horrendous like that. Verbo out, Valio out. Cotter out. <laughs> For people that still got TPJ out. Worst trade I've done all year. TPJ, he's given me absolutely nothing and he didn't get named again today. So, yeah, yeah exactly. there's a lot of people that have been burnt today, isn't there? Like, it's, it's not quite full carnage for TLT, but it's pretty close. Yeah, even things like, you know, for, for Fina getting in, injured, injured again and not making origin all of a sudden, not being available. So, I don't think there's many that have, that have, that have held him, but just goes to show that, you know, that a lot of the quality and a lot of the, lot of the biplane can, can go right out the window. And people that, you know, are predominantly head to head can end up having just the same number of players as, a, as an overall. Yeah, yeah. And look, I think if everybody that's stressing about this week, it's it's good to note that the average amount of players looks like it's probably between 10 and 11. So if you're at 10 to 11 players, I think you're at about average. Um, certainly 11, I think that you're, you're okay. So I wouldn't stress too much about pushing for a hell of a lot more. Uh, if you've got 12 or more, I think it's actually a lot of players this round. Oh, that's frustrating, mate. I'm, uh, I'm, um, I mean, I'm in a few cash pumps, but there's two big sort of buy-ins. One of them I'm running first, one of them I'm running dead last. This goes to show luck of the draw. The, uh, the one I'm running first in, I've dead set pulled up again, head-to-head against the only bloke in the whole, in the whole uh, comp that's actually by playing. He's got like 15. <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> oh, it is the luck of the draw with those head-to-heads. Um, look, for everyone listening to the podcast for the first time, just to recap what we do on the NRL All-Stars podcast, this is a Supercoach episode. For TLT, we always do a Supercoach episode recorded Tuesday nights, hits on Wednesday for you to listen to. And then at the end of the week, we record on a Thursday a talking footy episode, which is all about rugby league. We talk no super coach, footy only, about present day, all the big things that matter, all the current topics, all the hot news that's at hand, all the discussion points, but also some old stuff too, like some uh, player rewind where we spotlight uh, an old player's career and talk about what we remember about them. So if you like your footy, you can always listen to both, of course. But for this episode, we're going to start off, it is a buy round special, so we're not going to do the normal format of going through the games. What we're going to do is talk about uh, buy round strategy as of this week, what you can do right now, what you should look for, and a few hit, hints and tips. And then we're going to go through the, the players by position 
that we think are some of the best players or some of the best value or some of the pod players that are options for you. And then we're going to talk about the games as far as vice captaincy and captaincy options for the short buy round because it is a, a free swing for the vice captaincy. So it's a pretty fun round in that regard. So first things up, let's let's hit the strategy talk. Um, when we're talking about strategy for this round, I think one of the things that's important is having a criteria of what you're looking for with the trainings that you're making. And, and guys and girls, it's, t- it's not too late. Like if you've decided that you weren't going to buy a plan, but you've had a really bad couple of weeks, which a lot of coaches have, I think it's a, an important message. It's not too late because you do get uh, three trades as it is. And then if you've got boosts left, which hopefully a lot of you do, then you can use a boost. And I would, even if you've just got one boost left and you've really fallen behind the last two weeks, I would use it. So you've got four trade-ins for this week. And, you know, I think that even people that didn't buy a plan would still have seven or eight players. So if you do a four-player trade and you're going to get to 11 or 12 and that's that's perfectly fine. So certainly, you know, you could U-turn now and decide that you're going to go for the buy planning, go for this round, and you've still got the chance to do it. But criteria, Billy, you know, I think it's really important with these buy rounds, when you do hit them, you don't just do the shotgun approach of just grabbing whatever. You do actually plan it and you do have a criteria that you're looking for. So we're going to cover our top four points, top four criteria that you should probably consider when you're buying players for the buy round. The first one for me is keepers. And that is you want to buy players that you can keep. Now, I'm not going to say, you know, you have to tick off all these boxes, but if you've got someone that ticks all these boxes and they're perfect, if you've got someone that ticks two out of four, then they're, they're decent as well. But keepers, Billy, you know, for me, I really love a buy round player that I can get in this week that is in, is a keeper gun for the rest of the season because it's two birds with one stone, right? You're gonna, you would have gotten that player in anyway because they're a keeper, they're a gun, and getting him in this week, you get the benefit of the buy number as well and the buy points. So certainly guys like Angus are a good example. Kick out 65 plus this year is another example. But when we're talking about keepers, it doesn't necessarily just have to be the guns. It can also be guys that you say, look, worst case scenario, if I have to hold this player, what's it going to look like? And if it's a player that you go, you know what, if I have to hold this guy, it's actually going to be okay. I could live with that. That could be my 18th, 19th man. Maybe they've got some dual flexibility. And in that in that case, it's good as well. So in each instance, though, you're only using the one trade to get your buy round number and you're not going to have to trade them out down the track. So certainly keepers is a criteria that I look for first up, Billy. Yeah, exactly the same way. It's the first thing you should be looking at. So um, what, are the, what are the guns available that I'm actually going to be able to hold out for the rest of the season? Um and one step further than that is, you know, guys that might not necessarily be guns, but they might be filling a position of a gun and actually really, really, really performing that position. Like you look at a bloke like sort of a Mano, like he's, he, he's a keeper or borderline sort of keeper, depending on the makeup of your final sort of team. But the mere fact that he moves to sort of fullback uh, and possibly fills in when, when Teddy's sort of rested. Um, and then he, he obviously has a horrid draw coming up, but you can sort of, pick and choose when to sort of play those sorts of players as a fifth string to the century quarter to the run home. So it gives you a bit more flexibility there as well, like you said. Yeah, definitely. And Manu's probably a good example of the latter where he's probably not what I would consider a fully-fledged def- definitive keeper that you want to get in. Um, but he is a guy that if you got him in, you'd be happy enough to hold him. Uh, and it's fine to hold him because he's still going to be a play. That brings us up to point number two on what we can look for in criteria. Being playable. 
This is a big one, Billy, and this is one where I think a lot of um, certainly first-time or second-year coaches do fall down in when they're by planning. They've got to be able to score points, guys. Like, there's no point in just grabbing someone that's playing if they're going to give you 20 points. You know, it's just they've got to be playable. They've got to be someone who you think can score points in the buy round, first of all. And then second of all, they've got to be playable down the track because there's no point in trading somebody in for a buy round and then not being able to play them again down the track at all because maybe you look at it and you go, well, they've got a terrible four weeks after that. They're not going to play that center wing forever again. And I'm going to want to trade them out by round 17, in which case you're burning two trades for one round of points that might only be 20 or 25 points. That's not worth it. So they've got to be playable that round, remembering as well that you don't have to panic and just grab guys that are going to score 20 points because at the end of the day, 10 to 11 is going to probably be the average amount of you know runners that any team's got. So you don't have to panic if you've got 10 or 11 players to get that 12th player. You know, you're better off if that 12th player is only going to score 20 points, Billy, just not even bothering because it's not worth a trade. And certainly, even if you think they're going to score 50 points this round, if you're never going to be able to play them again, you're just going to have to burn a trade next week, then I don't think that's particularly worth it either. It's not a sound strategy for the buy round. Yeah, 100%. Um, and the, the only caveat there is if for some reason they had like a huge negative break even or they were likely to you know, only score 35, 40 points, but they were going to do it sort of two weeks back to back and likely make sort of 100K. Um, so you can just play them for one week and then put them on the bench and then kind of a quick kind of spin. But other than that, yeah, they're 100% going to be playable. And the, the other reason for that is, uh, we've talked about this many times before, but you've got to think of this round, not like one round, but maybe uh, a, a collective was probably some sort of, uh, three, to, three, three to four rounds. So think of it like if I bought this bloke in here to play this week, yeah, I might get, you know, 35 points off him. But if I have to play him next week, if, do I need to sell someone like, you know, Alex Johnson in, in order to get him? Does Alex Johnson points over the next four, over the next three weeks? Way having to play this bloke over the four weeks. So think of it as an aggregate over over the next sort of three or four weeks because you could quite conceivably get rid of, you know, like a, you know, a Tedesco or something like that, thinking that they might be rested next round, only for him to, you know, sort of come out in around 15 and score 160 points and then completely offset, you know, more of a value that you may by trading some sort of nothing in for a round. So you've got to think about it on aggregate as well. Yeah, and I always say exactly right. Like what Billy said, like I used to, I like to compartmentalize the season in two different parts from now. Uh, and that is, you know, for you, as far as your round 13 purchases go for this buy, I'm looking at between round 13 and 17 as the first, you know, compartmentalizing that because round 17, you're going to want to get plays in as well. And you can, if you can play someone between round 13 and 17 and then punt them, that works out well. Um, but then the second part, compartmentalizing the run home, you know, 17 onwards, is that someone that you can run home with, you know, that round 18 to 25 draw? Are you happy with that? And if you are, then that's someone that can just stick in your team as well. So definitely look at those two parts, you know, do they tick the box of the immediate draw and being able to play them or use them in the next month preceding the draw? Do they tick the box of the run home then if you can keep them in your team or if you're going to have to and you get stuck with them? Um, But you mentioned a really good point on uh, break-evens as well. And that's the third one on my criteria list here, money makers. So if you can get someone in that's going to give you a buy number uh, that's going to score points this round uh, and they're going to maybe make 100K, then that's a, that's a really good buy, buy player option. So when we, we've spoken about keepers, we've spoken about playable guys, those guys are all 
you know, pretty good super coach options as it is. But certainly money makers might not be the best super coach options, Billy, but they might fit your plan and what you need to do. Uh, and if that's get your points now and then make you 100K to be able to on the sell to get an upgrade for around 17 number or for a keeper, then that's a good target as well. Yeah, 100%. You look at look at your look at your matchups. Um, they don't even have to have like a massive negative break even or be or, or be absolutely base price. You can get someone that might be, you know, sort of 420K that, you know, um, yep. has only like a negative sort of 10 or 15 break even. And you look at that and go, oh, they're not going to make massive coin. But if if they've got a you know a sixty five score and in in their in their previous in their previous game and they've got you know tigers and dragons and dogs or something come up, it's quite conceivable that you know they're going to fall over the line or at least sort of uplift their average by you know let's say you know, thirty forty percent just for a couple of weeks. It's quite conceivable they'll they'll go on a run of you know fifty five points as opposed to forty five points, be playable and, and get you a hundred grand and be that sort of quick quick switch into. Either someone that you want for the next buy round, or someone that you want want for, for, for to keep for the run home that might be sort of depreciating in price and about to turn around and start going back up in coin again. Like like Talakai, for example. Let's just assume he's um, dropped a couple hundred grand, maybe has a soft run, and all of a sudden it starts going up twice, going rampage again. And all of a sudden you've got him at you know five hundred fifty grand. But that's just a out there example. Yeah, and like certainly if we were if we were before the round seventeen buy, like what could conceivably happen is someone like Talakai could get to five hundred thousand and bottom out and have a low break even, in which case he's gonna tick all three of the boxes that we just mentioned. He's gonna be a keeper for the run home in your center wing. He's gonna be a money maker, he's gonna increase in value because he's at his bottom dollar and he's gonna be playable. So uh, that's you know that's a, a good example of someone that would tick all those boxes for this round. Uh, Angus could be one of those guys. He's pretty low in his value at the moment, uh, even though he's started to come really good lately and he's gone up a little bit. Five hundred forty thousand is pretty low, so we're going to talk about him probably ticking all three of the boxes that we've mentioned. Uh, the last point, point number four on our criteria, they've got to fit into your plan. What I think the, the question that you should ask yourself is what is the player's purpose that I'm trading into my team? What am I going to do with them? What's my plan? And that might seem, you know, some people might say, look, I don't, it doesn't, it shouldn't really matter if they tick the other boxes. It really does because what you're going to find if you're going to decide that you're a buy around player and you're going to try and catch up in buys is that you're going to get to the next buy and you're going to have to trade guys out. And if you might not have guys to trade out, Certainly before the next buy leading up to a billion round 17, the month leading into round 17, you're going to have to trade players planning towards that round 17 buy again. And if you don't have people that you've traded in uh, astutely for round 13 where you had a plan, you know, and that plan might be I'm going to trade in um, whichever centre wing just for a rental for a month. They've got a low break even. And I'm going to calculate that I think they're going to get to the same value as Talakai in round 16. And then that's when I'm going to swap them and they're going to give me that buy number. And my plan with that buy player is for them to come Talakai. It could be a really simple plan of I need keepers in my second row because my second row is really thin. I'm going to get kick out and I'm going to be happy to keep him until the end as a keeper. So that's my plan with him. He's going to be my keeper. Real simple stuff, but... It isn't that simple if you don't think it through, Billy, because what you'll find is that you're going to get really stuck because aside from the buy, you've also got to think about the points in between and after. You've also got to think about the trade-outs that you're going to have to make 
to be able to score points and to be able to get run home guns that you don't have in your team. Maybe they're in origin and you're in a weight as well. And if you don't plan ahead with these trades, they're going to run very low, very quickly. And that's when you get to round 17 and you either can't hit that buy properly as much as you wanted to and or for the run home, you all of a sudden can't trade in the players that you want. You end up running home without, say, uh, a Tedesco, a Munster, all these guys that you thought were must-haves that you now can't afford to get in because you're low on trades or you didn't plan ahead enough. So certainly the positional stuff comes into it too. You know, Drinkwater is a guy that we're going to talk about very shortly, um, and I'm having trouble with him because of his position. He's either in the halves or fullback. I think he's a great player this round, and again, we won't get into that just yet, but at the same time, I'm looking ahead at my plans going, I actually don't have any space in those positions in the future. So how am I going to work this? So really important to have a plan, Billy, and to see where these players fit into it and to know where you're going after this round with them. Yeah, exactly. And another thing is a team like that is decimated too. So you really want to take a guy like that in the key position for you know, um, like a couple a couple of games when he might not even perform. So that, that's another consideration there. But yeah, just everything you said plus one other thing, and that's probably not so much leaving yourself short on trades to trade in blokes, um, like, like like Teddy or Pappy, whatever you call it, towards the end of the year. But you've got to keep them in. You've got to keep trades up your sleeve for you know when blokes like that get injured, and then having to trade out, trade in again after that. Um, I'll put the question back to you in a second, but it'll be something along the lines of, do you remember what happened there in the last year and the year before when people were starting you know, 14 to 15 players in some rounds because they were out of trades or Storm decided to rest, you know, their entire first-grade squad in the head-to-head finals, finals again, and all of a sudden people are, are panicking and running, you know, with, you know, 12, 13, 14 players in the, in the last two or three rounds of the comp. So by saving one trade here, and not getting in a bloke that's going to score 25 points. You're basically saving one trade up your sleeve to, to straight swap, I don't know, have a using for, let's say, Turbo comes back at the last bit, and all of a sudden, you, know, you possibly you potentially get 100 or 200 points in the space of two weeks and completely make up what the 20 points that you lost here. So think about it in the long run. Yep, 100%. Look, let's start talking about the players. I think it's evident for most people that this buy round doesn't have a huge amount of quality. And that's probably the other thing leading into talking about these players when we're talking about um, strategy. We've already mentioned it twice. You don't have to push yourself to have 14, 15, 16 players. I don't think that there is probably enough quality in this buy round, especially with the outs. You know, guys like Fafita have been ruled out now. Guys like TPJ have been ruled out now. I don't think that there is a quality or the depth for you to be rushing to get, you know, a large number of these guys. It just doesn't seem like a huge buy round type of play. Would you pretty much agree with that, Billy? Like if you've got 11 and you're going to, you know, make two or three trades, you certainly wouldn't use a boost. Um, Even if you had like nine, I'd probably just use three trades to get me to 12 and not use a boost as well because I just don't see the depth of quality in the players that we're about to talk about with the positions. Yeah, 100%, mate. If there was quality in here, I'd 100% using everything to get um, as many as, as many quality players as possible at the price without sort of paying overs. But, yeah, the mere, the mere fact that there's not, not much enough. I, I, I would be using as much as I can to get the one or two key players that I want, but not to... The hard part is not trading an absolute bum that's going to play one week and be, and be you know, a nuffy for too long. Um, in order to do it, like that—that's the offset. Like you might do one if there's a jewel, if they're a jewel, and maybe give you a key 
maybe allows you to switch a key person from you know second row down to center three quarter that you can actually play next week and add some value. But it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a tight line with getting enough easiest early order. So going through the players, we're going to start off with hooker. Let's talk about the hooker options from round thirteen. I think the number one option for me is going to be Robson. And, you know, Robson's someone that we mentioned a month ago on the podcast, and I, I quite liked him, but it was always a bit hard because, you know, Todd Payton's the coach of the Cowboys. You didn't really know whether they are going to keep up. He's gone five weeks in a row now playing 80 minutes. Uh, even last week where it looked like Granville was on the bench and everybody that did buy him sort of went, oh, no, you know, he's he's not going to get the 80 minutes. He's still got 80 minutes even though Granville played 15. So Robson looks like he's you know, fully fledged in that hooking role now at 80 minutes. And he's 589,000. He's got a B of 29. So he does have a lowish break even. Uh, and he is averaging 57 for the year. But that's a little bit misleading because if you have a look at him, since round six, he's gone 80 minutes a game. All those games bar one where he played 60 minutes where I think that there was an injury concern. You know, all those games bar that 60-minute game, he's gone at least 50-plus. You know, last week he went 50 the week before, 89, 83, 67, 55. That's a five-round average of 67, a three-round average of 80. So certainly since he's really gotten that hooking job, he's definitely been a 65-plus type of guy. Uh, and he's only scored one try in that run as well, which is really good. So he's got the Titans this week as well. So he also ticks the box of having a really good matchup. And the following weeks, he's got the Dragons, Manly, and the Broncos before the bye again. He then hits the Sharkies in round 18, but then he hits the Tigers, the Dragons, and the Bulldogs. Harder game against the Roosters and then the Warriors. So he's actually a guy that when you look at the draw and you look at how his roles evolved, I think that, you, know, you could argue he actually ticks every box that we put out there because certainly Grant's going to be your number one hooker. But if you're looking for a number two hooker, Robson, you know, he's putting up a pretty good case at the moment with a five-round average of 67 that he's going to be a 67-point guy. He's got a premium matchup this week. And as long as he keeps playing 80 minutes, he's going to be a good player. And he's not going to break the bank at 589,000. So I think that's a really um, astute trade for people to be looking at. He's still not heavily owned. And even in the trade-in, trade-outs, he's he's not being top 10 traded in either. So I kind of think that he's gone under the radar a bit. People kind of knew about him then, Billy, but then went, oh, no, now he's gotten too expensive. I don't want to pay that for him. But... He's been going really well, and it wouldn't surprise me if he tears up the Titans this week in the buy round with a decent score. You've really done your homework. You've actually kind of caught me off guard with that one. I didn't realise he was actually... <laughs> I snuck that one past me. I didn't realise he was actually playing 80 minutes. I mean, if you go back historically and look at those um, Cowboys, they've always had someone coming off the bench uh, taking 30, 40 minutes, like a Jake Graham or impact sort of player. I actually had, I'm a bit embarrassed. I actually had no idea he was playing 80. I have to really go and have a look at that now. One try for, for a uh, 67 average. It's, that's pretty red hot, mate. He'd probably almost be up there with, uh, as sort of by a week with um, the players around at, at that sort of price and that sort of draw. I knew, the, I knew about the draw, but that's pretty epic, mate. I, I would actually put him above the, above the drinking situation. Yeah, and look, I don't think that many are going to get on him either. And look, it, he's gone under the radar for you because I think because when they put the hammer on the bench, that was a big turning point. And the worry was always that when Granville comes on the bench, he's going to go back to a non-80-minute role. But Granville was on the bench last week and our fears got allayed because he still played 80 minutes. So it, it looks pretty good for Reese Robson and the draw in itself um, is good enough. And I will say, you know, on from between now and the end of the season, or between now and round 20, so in the next seven weeks, he plays the Dragons twice. 
and that's his ex-club, and I reckon he gets up for him, and he's had some good games against them before as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I like to draw a lot for the Cowboys, um, the, like the way they're playing, but I would put Robson up there, and I don't think enough people really are. When we're looking at the number two hooker, Billy, uh, Appy Coruscant is obviously in camp, but he will be released, and he will be able to play for his club side. So I really don't know where to go with him because, look, he's 529000 around the same price as Robson. He's got a break-even of 70, so certainly higher. Average score of 60 for the year is a few points better than Robson, but, you know, his five-round average is 53. His three-round average is 67. And I really think his five-round average is where it's at. And he's also someone who doesn't play more than one or two 80-minute games in a row before he goes back to around about a 65-minute role. So averaging 69 minutes for the year um, and lack of upside, I... I actually don't really like Appy, even though I really like Penrith Straw. Controversial opinion, I think, for a lot of people, but I would pay a little bit more money and just go to Robson. Yeah, I, I, I'd certainly take Robson over Appy. Um, reason is, is because Appy's obviously got the um, the young kids that are coming off the bench having having impact, um, and you've got they've got such a good structure there. They, he, he just doesn't seem to have a running running game like Cook every now and then. Everything just comes straight out, straight out the back and goes straight to a uh, yeah, and just goes either you know, back back through the middle or sweeps left or sweeps right. I just think they're so structured there. He's probably more like a Mick Ennis now, just feeding the ball as opposed to more of a freestyle um, running player that he used to be, uh, particularly at sort of uh, Manly and perhaps that um, when, when he was sort of moving around. I think he's kind of lost a lot of that... Um, that agility and enablement that he probably previously had. Absolutely brilliant player if he's unleashed and he's playing 80, but I think it's too much of a structure in there. And to answer your question, yeah, I'd probably go Robson over him, especially with the draw. Yeah, 100%. So those are the two premium options. Uh, when we're looking at value, you're not going to be able to get every premium option in every position, but there might be positions that you're short in and have no one there and you really want someone there. So you need to look at what the value picks are available. For this, the value pick is 437000 and that is Connor Watson. Now, I don't think that it's a great pick. It certainly doesn't tick all of our boxes in our criteria. But I will say he is dual secondary forward hooker. So you could live with it. You know, he's one of those guys that you go, look, no, there's no way I want to keep Connor Watson. He's only averaging 50 for the year. He's been pretty up and down. But you'd basically sort of say, well, you know, if worst case scenario, I keep a 50, you know, a 50 point player that I can switch between second row and hooker if I do trades or whatever, it's not the worst thing in the world. And 437,000 is pretty cheap. Uh, I don't think he's going to get much below that. He does have a B70, so maybe he hits sort of 410, 420 as he bottoms out. But he scored 73 on the weekend against the Sharks. uh, And he did come back from injury the two weeks before that. So last week I did feel like he was back. They do have a tough draw, draw, but at the same time, playing against Canberra this week. I do think that he could put up, you know, a similar type of score um, with how quick he is and how well the Roosters played last week. The Roosters, funnily enough, you know, everyone says, you know, the Glamour Club and everything, and they always have all the rep guys out and stuff. Their rep guys at the moment are are Daniel Tupo, Lindsay Collins, and Tedesco. You know, and Tedesco's obviously a huge, huge loss for him. But, you know, the, the spine is, you know, still intact aside from their fullback. So they've still got Sam Walker and Curie there. So I don't know how, if they'll be that affected. And if they're playing that well the last couple of weeks, Watson's played quite well off the back of that. I don't want to sell Watson as a massive option, Billy. It's just that some some teams are going to have no money to spend. And he's probably the only 
cheaper option that you could even look at, although I don't love it at all. Yeah, yeah, I don't love it. Um, as much as I read him and as much as Luke's going to laugh at me um, about <laughs> this. Um, yeah, he, he, he had a long break try last week. We all saw that. And, yeah, yes, players are going to get attacking stats and you have to take them in, in, into consideration for sure. But he's not an 80 minute player. Um, he, what's his minutes average? His minutes average is 53. And if you take every single score into account, apart from last week's one, his average is what 47 points for the season. I just really don't want to take a bloke that's, that's previous so 73 last week, but prior to that, 36, 43, 34, 46, 43. I don't want that bloke on my side, particularly when they've got an absolutely horrendous draw coming up. I'm not sure if it's the hardest draw in the comp. I know they've got like the uh, the big ones in the next four. Storm are one of them. Yeah, uh, it, it's not a great draw for them. They are playing good footy. Um, Watson certainly isn't the best training, um, and but really, I wouldn't be looking at many others in hooker aside from the guys that we've spoken about. Front row forward options. This is such a barren wasteland of garbage. It is unbelievable. I've gotten massively caught out here because the last couple of weeks I've, I've needed to trade in front row forwards to play them. TPJ is one of my front row forwards. Pulled out last week, killed me. Went, no, it's all right. It was just back spasms right before the game. It'll be okay. And he didn't even get named in the squad this week. So it's a it's huge killer for TPJ, TPJ owners. He has to go. But he was going to be one of the premium options that you could look at. Joe Tappany at the Canberra Raiders is the other guy. And I actually looked at him last week as an option, Billy, because he was only 535000 That was pretty cheap. I, I could get him in and, and play him instead of TPJ. And I ended up going a different direction that we'll talk about in a little bit. But, you know, I, I sort of didn't mind him. I've always liked Joe Tappany. And the problem is I looked at his scores and, you know, prior to last week, He'd only hit sixty plus uh, four times out of his out of uh, his eleven games, and he also had a, a few forties in there. You know, 44, 44, 48. Uh, and then you know, when you look at the minutes, the last two weeks he's actually played more minutes at fifty four and sixty two, but then he's got these minute games constantly that are forty three, forty seven, and those are littered through the year. Right, he's actually got more forty something minute games than what he has fifty pluses. And that's a concern coming 12 rounds into a season. So only averaging 50 minutes on the dot for the season so far. And I dare say that a lot of the time his role is actually more about 44 to 45 minutes. And to me, that's a big red flag. Even with someone with a good PPM like him, I just, I need the minutes there. The last two weeks he's gone really well. And I think that it's actually pulled the wool over a lot of coaches' eyes. He scored 73 points against the Eels and he looked really good. 65 in base. The week before, he went 61 in base for a 63 score against South. So certainly the last two weeks have been great. But even still, the three-round average is 55 and the five-round average is 61. He's 542,000. So I definitely think that he's an option. And look, if you have to have a front row forward, he might be the best one. But it might be a case of just not getting a front row forward for this round because he is someone that I don't think, you know, at the moment he's not going to make money. Um, he may only score like a, a 50 anyway. He doesn't really have a big ceiling. And he isn't a guy that I would even be that, you know, you could argue maybe, Billy, that you could leave him in your side. He is a jewel. So, look, I, you know, I'll come back a little bit. You could just leave him in your side. I don't I don't see him as a great option, though. I think the last two weeks have been an anomaly on what his actual season output has been. 
Yeah, he's one of the sort of blokes that I'd probably much rather leave. I don't want to pay sort of, yeah, that's that's a point for someone like him who might give me sort of 50 points. Um, he, instead of having a bloke like him, he, I'd much rather pick someone that's, you know, more of a sort of jewel sort of cash out that um, might be kicking goals or just sitting on the wing, has a really soft jewel that might get a couple of games and maybe sort of, you know, score, score the same and, have, and gives, you, gives you the cash on hand to upgrade. So next week, that's the best, the best. That's kind of what I think of him, mate. Yeah, and the Raiders do have a really funny draw too, where they'll, they'll hit, you know, a couple of hard games and they'll have a couple of good games and you think it's all right, and then they hit hard ones again. You know, they don't really have that three or four-game streak in a row coming up at any point either. So, look, front row forward options that are both pods and value, you know, 100K cheaper potentially than a Tapani. Luke Thompson had a great return to form last week. I have been amazed at how much Luke Thompson has actually fallen off because Thompson had a really good season last year, uh, ended up averaging 68 points a game, uh, 66 points a game, sorry. And he really looked like someone who you might even start with this year because of how well he played last year. Fast forward to now, um, and even including last week's game that he had two line breaks in, he only scored a 74. And he's been playing 55 minutes a game, which is only a minute less than last year, but he's only averaged 50 points. So a 16-point drop-off in his production. It's It's been a real letdown for him. Suffice to say, he's now cheap. He's only $450,000, and he's also a dual second-row forward, front-row forward. Now, if you have a look at Luke Thompson's output, particularly if you discount the first few weeks of the season, it's actually quite similar to, to Big Joe's over at Canberra. He doesn't have as many higher scores, but he's still got a couple of 70s. And he's 100K cheaper. So certainly, you know, he's someone who showed last year he could average a lot more. Maybe the last, you know, week or two is him getting going. Maybe he's going to start playing better. But I I would rather take a pun on someone like Luke Thompson, only because it's going to save me $100,000. He's still a jewel. And, you know, he might go badly, but he's just the type of, he's the same type of player that, the big Joe Joe Tappany is at Canberra. He's he's going to go badly. He'll still score like the forty fives and whatever. But but Big Joe's doing that anyway, and I'm saving hundred k. So uh, not a sexy pick, but he's also a guy that's got the upside of hey, if he does turn it around and his second half of the year is better, you'd think it would be because he's already you know sixteen points below his average on this season. So maybe the law of mathematics say he'll average fifty five for the rest of the year, or maybe even sixty. Yeah, it's just the low minutes that kind of concern me with him. He was obviously um, beast mode end of last year. Um, can throw up, can throw up some numbers, but my concern is if he's if he's gone back to sort of you know 30, 35, 40 minutes here and there, that he might do it again. And at that sort of price, that's not sort of a risk that I'd sort of be willing to take, particularly when you're not going to know before the game whether he's going to get it or not. That's the concern for me. Yeah, definitely not a premium buy by any account. And I think it is a bit of a shot in the dark with him that you're going to hope that he actually uh, goes back to the form that we saw last week and last year, as opposed to what we saw most of the rest of this season. So it's it's definitely a punt. Uh, and he definitely doesn't tick many of our criteria boxes at all. The guy that I did end up going with, though, 520000 at the moment, he just went up a little bit of cash. Uh, two weeks ago, he was you know sub 500. Takiaho for my Roosters. I ended up buying him. Um, and it wasn't because I was really looking at him hard, but it was because I needed someone, like I said, for, for guys that have pulled out my front row forward. I didn't have anyone to play. I had Lolo out, and then I had TPJ out. I had to play somebody, and he was just available, um, and I had to, I didn't want to cop an AE. So I brought him in, and it was, you know, my thought process was pretty simple, Billy. 
around the 500k mark, he wasn't really going to break the bank. Um, but he's actually been really solid in scoring 60s lately. He's got a three-man average of 64, a five-man average of 59. Pretty solid. Um, and he's pretty match-up proof as, proof as well. You know, he, he threw up a 69 against the Gold Coast Titans in round nine. The next two weeks, he played the Parramatta Eels and the Penrith Panthers, and he scored 62 points in each of those. 57 against the Sharks on the weekend, although I thought he looked a lot better than that. His minutes have been way up as well. He's averaging about 62 minutes a game across his last three. So I think all those things are pretty key. Um, he's been able to do pretty solid 60s, be able to play around 60, uh, close to 60 minutes a game often enough. And certainly they're going to have a forward out this week as well in Lindsay Collins. So he's going to get some more middle minutes. I don't think it's a uh, fantastic buy, but the reason I went Taki Aho over a, a, a Tapani when I ended up making my decision the other week is because I don't think that Taki Aho, whilst he's starting playing these minutes, has the floor that a Joe Tapani has. He maybe doesn't have as many 70s and 80s, but he's mostly going to be 60s. And the biggest thing, Billy, is the last four weeks, Takiyaho has been doing close to two or two offloads and two and a half tackle breaks a game. And that is getting back to when he was actually valuable and super coach. So not the best buy by any stretch at front row forward, but being at front row forward and how he's been performing the last few weeks, um, definitely serviceable enough and someone that I'm happy just to put on my bench and, and just hold as a backup. Shame he's not kicking goals. That would, uh, <laughs> that would probably seal it for me. Um Oh, that'd be a lot nicer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was frustrating, wasn't it? Starting with him last year, only for him to kick what the first game and then not. <laughs> yeah, um, he's he's a, he's the sort of bloke that can be absolutely valuable to your team or not. Um, I know it's kind of a very sort of generalised statement. Lots of players are like that, but he's the sort of player who can place the big minutes and and kick goals, or this year place the big minutes. Have 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 a tough draw or a soft draw and still get there, get through that line. Like, you know, Aurea Hargraves, um, the last couple of weeks, um, getting the job done. But then all of a sudden he, he, he can go back to that sort of, um, um, uh, bench role where he's, he's named to start and all of a sudden he's front row forward that he's locked and then he's all of a sudden back on the bench and he's, he's, he's rotating with Luai or, you know, someone else these days and going from, you know, 50, 50, 55 minutes back to 35 minutes and all of a sudden that 15 and 20 minutes difference is a massive killer yeah it is and, and that's a risk with him like if his role ends up changing then you're gonna end up having to sell him but he's at a reasonable price point that his production is going to be fine to keep him steady in price he's not going to drop heaps in value he shouldn't throw out a 30 or anything like that so you can just on sell him if you have to as a worst case scenario but certainly you know he's averaged 60 minutes the last three weeks um and that's really you know when he's been starting again They've looked a lot better while he's been starting. They've been winning and the middle has been a lot more secure. And he's announced that he's leaving after this season too. So this is his swan song after a decade with the Roosters. So I do think that they'll keep giving him minutes. 55 to 60 is his, is his money spot for his minutes. If he keeps doing that, he's going to be good. Um, if he doesn't keep doing that, you're going to have to sell him. And therein lies the risk. Second row, Ford is stacked. So this is going to be the biggest conversation probably of the whole podcast. Big Angus. He deserves number one on the radar for second row forward. And he is getting the most trades in as well, pretty comfortably. So Angus, I bought about five weeks ago. I've been happy. He, he ended up going 80, 64, 42, 73, and 84 in the last five weeks. Pretty solid five weeks from Angus. And none of that's actually included a try either. He's actually not scored a try yet this year, which is very un-Angus-like. So you'd expect that he's going to score a few tries before the season ends, which I think is quite a positive when you're looking at buying him for this second half of the season. 
He is a guy that ticks all my boxes, Billy. Um, he's, he's good value at 550000 He's going to be able to be a season-long keeper, uh, and he's a premium option for this round. And I would suggest that a lot of people would have bought him anyway down the track, so getting out of the way now is perfect. So it, it's pretty much a godsend that he wasn't named in the Origin team, and he has looked so much better the last month of football. Uh, I think the the last five weeks of football, I should even say. And his base has been right up there as well. He's even got a 60 base in the last five weeks too. 57 two weeks ago against the Panthers. So I think Angus is back. I will say that I think Angus is one of the best buyers this round, but all the Supercoach crowd agrees with me because he's the most purchased player this week so far. Yeah, um, I like him. I just... It just doesn't seem like the player of old, but I'll tell you what, he's still throwing up the numbers. The only other thing I'll add to everything you've just said there is... There's nothing more dangerous than, you know, a, uh, a quality player who's just been dropped from origin, mate. He'll either be out for vengeance or out, out, out to prove a point, possibly. Um, I know they've got a tough draw coming up. I'm going to skip him, but I'm going to be concerned about it because you don't want to pour fuel, fuel on the fire. Like, not own a bloke that's sort of annoyed wants, wants his position back. Yeah, and look, I'll say, like I mentioned at the start of the player reviews for this buy round, that there's not a lot of premium options. So I think it's pretty important to try and hit on as many premium ones as you can. Um, and like you've said in prior podcasts, if if you've got 10 premium options for the buyer versus someone who's just got 14 and only a few premium options, you're better off just with the 10. And, and Angus, to me, is a premium option. Like, I'd rate him as the best second rower playing this week. As far as form goes, like the last two weeks he had hard matchups. Sharks he scored 84 against. And the Panthers the week before he scored 73 against. So... I think he's been coming a lot better. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough draw that opens up afterwards as well, though. Uh, I'm comfortable because I bought Angus five weeks ago. If I hadn't bought him, I'd still be comfortable buying him this week. But interesting benchmark for him. Um, the second guy on the second row forward list is Big Billy Kickow. He's had an up and down season, but not as much as before. Uh, he's, his average dropped to 63 points after last week's 36 against the Cowboys. But prior to that, he was averaging 65 plus. He's 580,000, had a lot less lower scoring games, which we mentioned on last week's podcast. You know, if anyone didn't listen to it, the big takeaway is he was at 66% at 60 plus. That's dropped to 58% 60 plus, but still a career high. He's never gone 60 plus that often as what he has so far this year. And he also ticks the draw box as well. So Bulldogs, Knights, Warriors, and then a tougher game against the Roosters. But then after the bye, he hits the Tigers. So it's a pretty good five games of footy there. Only one of them is a real tough one. Um, and the other four are actually probably the best four matchups that you'd want this year so far based on form. So Billy Kikau, you know, if you're only going to get one second rower, are you getting Kikau? Are you getting Angus? You know, how do you feel about those two? If I had to pick one, I'd go um, Angus um, by length of the straight, purely because even though it's a soft draw, he's still going to go over the line. <laughs> But when, when he has a try assist and a try, Kikau scores 83. When he has an absolutely um, absolute blinder of a game but doesn't actually sort of get any clutch, yeah, he scores sort of 50. And when he just has one of his ordinary games, it's a 35-40, and those sort of scare, scare the hell out of me. So regardless of the draw, I'll be taking Crichton. Um, but uh, Kikau is a, the, uh, the pod move that sort of Timmy did last year towards the end of the season. We've said this plenty of times before. Averages don't mean crap when you only want someone for five games. Pot luck, pot luck and draw make a massive sort of difference. So if you can get someone like Kikau and just pick and choose when you want to play him and be able to bench him for 50% of the games between now and the end of the year, certainly an option, but only if you can sort of cover those games, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's it's probably been sort of um, like 
overstated about him being a pod. You know, he's actually not. He's quite heavily owned this year. So there was a lot of people that jumped on Billy Kikau, which made it a bit harder for him as an option. But he does have a really good draw. It's also a bit overstated, though, with Kikau about his, his ceiling, which is something that you mentioned. You know, he's often thought of as a ceiling player. And there's sort of two different sorts of ceiling. Like, as a second-row forward, he's, he's a guy that hits 80s a lot. Like, he's already got this season um, five 80-plus games. And, but all those games, you know, he doesn't have any 90-plus. So he hasn't gone 90-plus once, but he has gone 80-plus five out of his 12 games, 40% of the time. So he's a guy that gets to 80-plus really easily, but he never really tons up um, very often at all. Whereas Angus is a guy that can get to 80 points like he did last week without scoring any tries. You know, Kikau's got a double for 87 points in round two, uh, 76 with his one try in round seven and uh, 84 in round 10 with his try. Angus scores a try, like you said, he's probably going 100. So if he's having a good game like he has the last couple of weeks, he would have. So, you know, I'm definitely on Angus' side. I think he's ahead of Kikau. If you own Angus or you own Kikau, you know, you do, I think that you can get the other one. You just run them both. Um, I'm actually going to be looking at Kikau because I already own Angus. I'll probably end up getting Kikau in this week myself. I think he's a decent option with the draw that's there. Yeah, I kind of liken it to the old um, Cody Walker versus Cameron Munster. You, 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 C- Cody Walker is Kikau and Munster is uh, is Angus. Like, uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Munster basically scores, you know, 65 every, every, every week regardless of uh, being on the field. Um, regardless of the, of the clutch, Cody Walker is sort of a zero, so, you know, 10 or 110. He really needs two or three sort of tries in order to get those big scores. S- same with Kigau. Kigau is really low unless he sort of punches punches a line break, uh, try assist or a try, at which point he gets 80s. Um, Crichton basically just punches his 65 all day, every day. And like you said, the anomaly when he does get over the line, that's his 100. Ola Kowatu is another premium second row option. And he's a guy that is very similar to the other two that you could, you could just keep. He's averaging 64 for the season. Um, had a pretty similar season to Kikau, actually. Had a try-scoring blitz where he managed to score five tries in four games between rounds four and seven. And as a result, you know, he's got those bigger scores in him where he's gone 92 and 83. He's also got some of the smaller scores there, 35, 45. One of the things that I don't like about Ola Kwatu, he's got to be of 100. So he's certainly going to be going down quite a bit from 588,000. But he's also a guy who is in a team now that I really don't rate. And this is probably something that we haven't mentioned, Billy, that I think is important. That Penrith team that Kikau is in, it's still a really good side. That team that the Roosters is in, I just mentioned before, actually doesn't have that much missing. And they've got key playmakers still there. They still should perform well. Manly, we've seen without Turbo, is not that good. It's probably not a top eight side. And then Manly, if you remove Cherry Evans out of the side as well, even though Cherry Evans is out of form, all of a sudden they are starting to look really thin in their spine. You know, their spine without Cherry Evans, without Turbo, is not very good. And that's the type of team that can really struggle. And, like, even against the Warriors this week, like, I'm tipping the Warriors. I actually think the Warriors are going to be the upset. So that's a concern with someone like Ola Kawatu because we all know that if you're a forward and you get flogged too much or you're losing too many games, you're standing behind the sticks and you're doing a lot of tackles. He's not a high tackle type of guy. He's a guy that you want running the ball, scoring tries, getting tackle breaks. And his base base attack's been great this year, 50 plus pretty easily, but he really does need the tries to be getting his um his 60 to 70 plus type of scores. And I'm just not sure they're going to be there. So I've rated him behind Angus and kick out myself. I'd have him behind Angus, but I'd have I'd have him in um in front of Kigau. The reason is 
I went to that game um, at a Magic Round when uh, Manly were versus uh, Broncos when they got absolutely flogged. It was the worst game I've ever seen Manly play or any any football team playing 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 my life. But the one shining light in that team was whenever Alakwaji got the ball once every sort of ten minutes, mate, tackle bus, tackle bus, tackle bus, bend the line. He still managed to score for something half decent in the team that was absolutely demoralised. And if you watch him every game in between um, that round and this round. Even if you take the, uh, the 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 tries out of the equation, he just looks dangerous uh, every time he carries the ball. And for that reason, I'd I'd love to have him. I'd love to have him in my team out of kick out, mate. The, the tackle busting and work rate he has, I just really like him in that team. Yeah, I really like him as a player. I just uh, I, I'm finding it really hard to get around Manly at the moment, um, particularly for this buy round game. So he's definitely an option, though. Like he's he's certainly an option, and, and second row forward. Is one of the deepest options for this buy round. Angus Kikau and Olakwatu are all, you know, really good options to have a look at. Lolo, I'm going to mention because he got named. So everyone that sold Tom Lolo last week are probably regretting it a lot now. But he's been named, but I don't think you could possibly look at buying him with the other options that are there. 488,000 is cheap. 126B is massive, and he's coming back from a slight knee injury. So you may as well look elsewhere. But certainly, if you've held him, you're absolutely elated. Uh, the pod move for the second row forward. Tohu Harris. So he's been back a couple of weeks now, Tohu. It's interesting. His minutes have obviously gone up from 30 to 70 to 80, but his points haven't really been that great. The last two weeks, his base has been good at 54 and 52 points. That's that's solid. But it's still at 557,000, um, I don't want to be buying a player that's, that's going to score 50s. And I think that all the popularity on getting Tohu this week, uh, it's all based on people reminiscing about the Tohu of old. But people have to remember that he's coming back from an ACL injury mid-season and he's in a side that's right down the bottom of the table and the Warriors are not playing that well. And they've still got uh, guys like Curran to come back as well. Certainly their forward pack's pretty decimated though. So, you know, probably he'll still keep getting 80 minutes, but he's scored 50 points in 80 minutes last week. It just seems pretty stock standard base only Tohu at the moment. And I'm not sure that's going to change enough for him to jump over any of these other guys. So as a pod, Billy... I, just, I don't even think it works as a pod because if you get a pod in, you need to have a good chance of outscoring the more heavily owned guys. And I just don't think that he's going to, and I just don't think he's got any ceiling. Yeah, I put him in the same category as, you know, buying, you know, someone like, um, I don't know, <clears throat> Jai Arrow at the beginning of the year over, over, over one of the Kings. That's the half the price. You're basically buying the monster, the pedigree and previous performance, whereas the bloke in the middle at half the price is still going to make all you know, the same number of tackles. It's just a matter of sort of output and, and a bit of luck. So, yeah, I think people are buying sort of Harris on the old sort of pedigree. Look, look at uh, Sean Johnson, for example, exactly the same boat. Like, would you buy Jono at the moment? No, he's come back from different sorts of injuries, but he's not the same at the moment. So, yeah, same boat as Johnston, mate. Old, old pedigree, old war horse, poor team. Probably going to spend a lot of time under the post, so that probably takes a few tackles and he ups out of the equation as well. So a bit of a relief for me too, mate. Yep. Value pick for the second row forward. This guy was a value pick three weeks ago, and this is really this really illustrates why planning is important, why not to wait to the buy round, because you want to pick up guys when they're value. Nat Butcher has gone really well the last few weeks. Um Last week, he scored 83 points with a line break try. Week before, he scored 69 points, which had 67 in raw base. His base the last two weeks has been 50 and 67. His raw base has been great. He's been playing really good footy. 
he is going to start for the next few weeks at least uh, with Radley out. He's going to tick the box of still making money. He's only 449000 so He's a value pick in the second row. He's probably the cheapest rock-solid options that can give you gun points. But 449000 you know, it's a far cry from the 364000 he was a few weeks ago. And that was really the time to jump on him if you wanted him for this buy round. You're going to lose a lot of value by paying 449000 for him. I'm not sure that you'll make 100000 out of him. Uh, you may not, but you will make some money out of him and he, he'll probably give you decent points this week. I think that he had to be bought a couple of weeks ago, though. I probably, he'll probably average 55 for the next three or four weeks uh, and then he'll make 50, 60,000 and you'll have to sell him anyway because Radley will come back. I don't see him as a great buy this week. I think that you had to do it a couple of weeks before, but Butcher has played really well and he started in front of Satili even when Radley was here. So maybe he keeps on going on and you can get lucky with him. You reckon he... Um... You reckon he keeps the eighty on the edge for the for the short term, even with all the um, the others availables. I'm really not sure. Like it's been really funny with um, Satili Tupanua how he sort of he got benched, and I ended up selling him because I was too scared he'd be benched the next week, and he ended up starting the next week. Then he ended up injured, and then he ended up benched again when he came back. So it's just really hard to tell with Robbo. You know, he's starting this week, but he's starting in the spot that Angus was in. So it, it's really hard to tell whether. Satili's going to keep coming off the bench, in which case Butcher will have longer-term value and he becomes a much better buy this week, or whether Satili will take the spot back, Radley will come back, and Butcher will get put on the bench. I, I really couldn't say. Uh, so I think there's there's a little bit of risk there. But look, if you've got trades, Billy, um, I will say that if you've got trades in hand and you're pretty comfortable with 20-something trades, 449000 you, you can afford to probably spend on him as a cheaper option with your third trade in and you're still going to make money out of it and be able to play him for a few weeks if you have to. hundred percent. And he's a brilliant player too. Like, I mean, if, put it this way, if it was the start of the season and I had to pick um, you know, uh, an, an entire team with the 9 million sort of salary cap, I'd hundred percent be uh, having, having butcher on my team at sort of, you know, sub sort of 500,000. You just, you just really sort of want to guarantee that he's going to, he's going to be playing the 80. That's, that's the only concern. Yeah, and look, your play is really to go up to the Angus, Kikau, Olakawadu guys. But certainly when you're benchmarking him against like a Tohu Harris, you know, Tohu is over 100,000 more expensive and 100% Butcher could outscore him this week. So those are the type of plays that you really need to make. Like if you're looking at a Tohu, look at a Butcher instead because you're going to save 100 grand and probably end up even-ish on points, you know, good chance of that. We're going to move on to halfback now. But before we do, I need to mention the fantastic sponsor of the NRL All-Stars podcast in Topsport, topsport.com.au. You can go there and take a punt with a 100% Australian-owned bookmaker or you can download their app and use that, which is great to use, heaps simple, easy to get your bets on nice and fast. But Topsport often have best odds in market, both in racing and in sport, and they've got great offers and stuff as well. Player performance markets are on there, so you can basically do fantasy sports betting, which is heaps of fun for everyone that loves Supercoach. And I know that Billy loves those ones and makes a lot of dollars out of them too, betting overs and unders on, on fantasy point scoring for different players. They'll have that in the Origin games as well, which is great. But Origin markets are up there now, and I've already seen they've got some really juicy odds. So if you're interested in having a punt and you'd like to bet, gamble a little bit, make sure you do it responsibly. But make sure you have a look at topsport.com.au. And when you create an account, there's a spot for a promo code. Put in SC All Stars and they'll know that you're one of our listeners from this podcast and take great care of you when they see you sign up. So topsport.com.au, get on them today. Halfback, Billy. I think that this is pretty tough position, but I've got Sam Walker as my number one. 
Um, the Roosters have a hard draw. Now, if the Roosters didn't have a harder draw coming up, I think it'd be a lot easier to get around Sam Walker. But, you know, just quietly, he actually hasn't gone that bad despite the hard draw. You know, the last three weeks, the Roosters have had the Sharks, the Panthers and the Eels, and he's still managed to get a three-round average of 66 out of that. Um, so he's got, he's not going too badly. You know, five-round average of 52. He's averaging 52 a game for the season. That's quite skewed with a really bad score round one of 24 points when the Knights absolutely towed up the Roosters and also just a shocker that he had in round eight where he only got nine points. But for the most part, you know, he's been going reasonably close to a 50 plus and, you know, he's gone 44, 62, 69 and 66 in his last month of footy. So Canberra this week, I think that he's going to have a decent game. I actually think he's a pretty good player. And one of the things to consider as well is, Joey Manu is a guy that has uh, generally less possessions and certainly is much less of a ball player at fullback than what Tedesco is. So that lends itself to Sammy Walker and certainly Kiri getting more possessions than what they normally would, getting more time to, to play, make a little bit more. Uh, and I think that's going to really play into Sam Walker having a good game this week. And I think the Bruce has been as good as what they have been the last few weeks with him kicking goals. Uh, I certainly think they can keep putting points on the board against Canberra and their attack was scintillating last week. So his goal kicking still gives him a pretty good floor when the Roosters are scoring points than they have been the last few. If you needed a, a halfback this week, 514,000, I don't think it's too bad. And he, you know, you could just leave him there on the bench for a while, even for the rest of the year and just spot start him because the Roosters do have a pretty good run home. So certainly we keep talking about the Roosters building this buy period of being pretty tough. They come out of the buy period round 18 and go dragons, knights, a depleted Manly, Broncos, Cowboys, Tigers. That's not too bad a run before the last couple of rounds of the year. So he is in that boat where he does have a high ceiling, which we saw last year, and the Roosters are firing, and you could just leave him there as your second half back on the bench too. So there is some selling points to getting a, a Sam Walker in this week, and he is one of those ceiling guys potentially. Yeah, I've just got the old once bitten, twice shy kind of um, panic attack with him. Had him last year. Like you said, really excited about a couple of massive scores where he just has that little loopy ball over the top of every defender to, to a winger. Does that two or three times in the last three minutes and get, goes from zero to hero. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't do it, mate, my God, he can throw up a stinker. So I, I would actually have him behind Drinkwater um, or, or sort of any, any of the sort of Cowboys sort of spine um, purely because of the draw and the way they're sort of approaching the game lately. I, I just can't go near a Kiri Walker sort of type at the moment, mate. I just don't sort of trust them as much, even with sort of Tesco out. I, if I was going to play one person in that team, it would be, you know, what, what, be one of the backs as opposed to him. Not the worst, but I just don't want to pay that money for 50 average, mate. Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, certainly Drinkwater's ahead, but he's going to be in um, the 5'8 or fullback spot. So, uh, I mean, a lot of people are leading sort of hooker and front row. And if you're playing the bye, you obviously can't leave too many positions. So, that's already three positions down between hooker and front row, 14 left to fill. Um, halfback's probably going to be one that a lot of people want to put someone in. So, I would. I would still rate him as the best as the best halfback. I mean, Kiri's the other one, which he's almost the same price at five hundred thirteen thousand. Kiri's actually gone a lot better the last five weeks than what I think anyone's really recognised. You know, he's gone 60, 105, 39, 68, 56. That's a pretty good run of scores. Um, and, and again, the last three weeks have been a pretty brutal run of games for the Roosters against the Eels, the Panthers, and the Sharks. So uh, you know, yeah, confidence. Yeah, confidence in his knees come back. Um, I think he's really he's hitting his stride now. So he, he's a dual 5'8 halfback as well. 
So it does make it a bit easier to be able to move him around. But you're going to have to buy some of these guys. So I'm going to put Sam Walker ahead of Kieran just because of the goal kicking and because I think he's got a bigger ceiling. And I do think that he's he's one of the guys to to definitely have a hard look at for this week for this buy because, again, there's, there's not that many premium options that can score tonnes. Yeah, I, I would agree putting Walker over Kiri purely because of the goalkeeping factor. Um, if if and when they manage to fall over the line, you, you, you would like to think Walker's going to get, you know, what, 10, 10 to 12 points a game. That's already, you know, one try assist. Um, <clears throat> they, I think they kind of kick, uh, share the kicking. So a bit of pop mark, by the way, there. So um, slightly in front of Walker, but not really too too much. Um, what, I would do, what I would do with those two is probably look at the sort of price difference and see... Um, the price difference, the matchups, and just pick pick the pick the personal preference of the suited team. I don't think anyone is really massively superior to the other. Could swing either way. Yep, five eight. There is absolutely nothing, but Drinkwater is there as a five eight or a fullback, and I think he's the best purchase for both of those positions. He's got to break even at ninety one, which isn't ideal, but he could easily score ninety one points against the Gold Coast Titans this week. And he potentially, he I would rate him as having like a top two or three ceiling for this week on scoring, uh, which is really important in a buy round. 570,000, the last few weeks he has not gone well. He's gone 46, 57 and 12 points the last three. That's a really poor three round average, but that's meant that he's dropped nicely to 570,000, dropped 76,000 last week. So that's worked out great for buyers this week, not so much for owners. He's coming into a, a magic draw for the for the Cowboys. You know, buy round Titans matchup, they're under strength. Dragons, Manly, Broncos. Uh, and then again, Sharks tougher in 18, Tigers, Dragons, Bulldogs. It's a it's a really good run of games for the Cowboys. And they've probably got the best middle run of any team at the moment, I reckon. Uh, and certainly the Titans this week are going to be the premium opponent along with the Warriors. So First game up as well makes it interesting. I, I rate Drinkwater overall, not just position, as one of the top couple of buys for the round just because of his upside. The thing that's hard, Billy, is there's no denying, you know, he's already scored, uh, you know, two tons out of his eight games played. But there's also no denying the fact that he's got the lowest scores in him when he scored 12 last week, although it was against a tough opposition. But he's going 60 plus 50% of the time. Hardest thing for me is when I'm looking at my team, that whole criteria about planning, he's a fullback or in your halves. And those are premium positions where we've got a lot of good players and it's hard to decide, you know, where you put him in because in the next couple of weeks, you're going to want to buy other guys and you don't just want to be bringing him in and then trading him straight out unless you've got a bucket load of trades, like 26, 27 plus trades left. So one of the best options this round Really sucks that he's you know halves or fullback because it it makes it a little bit harder for some teams to maneuver. Yeah, mate, hundred percent. He's in that sort of key position that you really don't want to sort of mess around with. Um, <laughs> I do I do like the draw, and that kind of keeps pulling me back. Although the, the flip side of it too, I'm not sure what his break even is, but I know that twelve is going to keep keep it pretty sort of high. Um, yeah, but it's kind of achievable though, isn't it? But ninety-one, you got you got to flip back and go. Look, a lot, a lot of stars are out at the moment for that, for that, for that origin side. So take that, take that out of the equation. You, you, you don't, you don't just back, you know, Billy Slattery, right, and Ryan Pappen using with no, with no forward pack and no Kevin Munster in the team. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of extra work that they have to do. So 
you're going to have to really sort of back him to sort of do something himself this week for points and then want to want to have to play him over the next sort of two to three weeks. So um, the fact that he's got a decent draw, I'd, I'd be inclined and maybe sort of have, have, have a crack at him, but um, I really would want to go back and have a look at like his, his base attack. So what are his hit-ups like? What are his tackle busts like? Or is he more of the um, uh, Tom Thompson sort of uh, style where there's not really much much base, but once he ha- every time he has a hit-up, there's a few tackle busts in there as a line break and try. Like, do, do, do you weigh up the base versus the versus the um, the whole attack, or do you, will you just go, look, I'm just going to take a risk and just forget about all the stats and just take a punt? Well, that's the thing. He, he's much, he, his base is not very good. Um, so, you know, 21 base playing fullback is not great at all, but he scored five out of eight games. Uh, so he scores more often than not, and he's got a lot of try assists as well to his name. So that's how he's going to get his points. And the Titans are the side that will give up points to him. So that's I think that's the biggest thing. He's got a great matchup as a fullback against the Titans this week, and he's got a month of games coming that I would play him all of. So I, I can't ignore that. Uh, and I think that that's what really sells him. Um, the matchup this week is potential ton territory. And I don't think there's that many guys that you can look at and say they might score a ton this week. And Drinkwater is one of them that's going to be a VC option with the first game. Yeah. And then, so the Titans don't have Tino, they don't have Feeder, not really, but they have the fear factor of the offense there. The, isn't the, isn't Firmer's under injury cloud too? Is he? Is he? Firma might be pulling out as well. Um, and they've got one or two others as well. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely yeah. under strength. Yeah, I, I, I rate him as a like. I, again, I I wouldn't do it if it's going to really plug you up from getting in uh, a big gun purchase that you're going to want later. Like certainly, if you don't have Hines at the moment, um, and you know you've got to get him in soon, uh, you know any of these guys that you plan on getting in, just make sure that it doesn't stuff up your plans to get in other halves or other fullbacks. Uh, and then I think that he's a he's a immediate buy for this round for sure at that price. Uh, when you look at the other guys, Billy, I mean, this is the other thing too. Again, we can say that, oh, look, you know, this guy I wouldn't get, this guy I wouldn't get, but you've got to fill out some of these positions to give yourself numbers this week. And yeah, after Drinkwater at 5'8", it's really the pod plays. And one of them is Burton, who, you know, I loved. It's one of the things that's come off for me a few weeks ago. I purchased him the last month of footy. He's gone 71, 57, 78, and 75. And I'm really expecting a, a good score this week against Penrith. And he's really, he's, you know, right around that 70 average the last month of football. I think he will do well against Penrith this week. But the problem is that he's gone from 420000 to 520000 So he's now 100000 more expensive to when I purchased him. So I wouldn't even say to people, spend five hundred twenty on him because with a 42 BE and what he's done before this month, he's actually got no upside. But he's a massive pod that could score 70 plus this week. Again, it goes into planning. You should have really bought Burton three weeks ago if you wanted to get him even two weeks ago. Bit harder now at 520,000. But, you know, he's 50,000 difference to drink water. So you'd have to go drink water over Burton. And really, there's not many other options that you can even look at to fill a spot for this buy. Yeah. The only thing to remember, though, is when, when you say, look, you've got to buy someone, you only need two, maybe three. So it's okay to go, no, 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 and then go, look. I'm 100% going to smash Burton and one other bloke. We haven't even got the centre three quarters and fullback yet. So there's still one, maybe one and a half players you could, you could probably really want, but you just need to, you need to make a 50 50 decision on whether it's you know, a Burton, Burton or a Drinkwater or a Lakawatu and you know, a fullback. So although there's slim tickings, you only need to pick the right two. 
Yeah, well, I, I really like Burton. I like that I've got Burton. I couldn't tell anyone to buy him at 520000 but I, I think that he's going to be a good score this week as a revenge game against the Panthers. Um, look, Schuster is there and has been mentioned by a few coaches. It's a real pod play. I really haven't liked the look of him. He's been coming off the bench. You know, he's got an ADBE. 477,000. His last two games, he's come off the bench for 20 and 28 points. But he does have the Warriors and then the Tigers the next two weeks. He's going to start in the halves. Uh, and you can put him secondary forward as a secondary forward dual 5'8". I think he's too expensive. Um, and the, the risk is that he's going to go back to the bench. But obviously, you know, with Schuster, he showed a lot of talent last year, averaging 61 points. So I think that some people looking at the pod pedigree saying we're going to take a, a massive punt. Uh, do you see Schuster as even a, an option? Only if he was starting second row, but um, when, when all the other players come back, but unlikely. So I couldn't. Yeah, too much chance of hitting back to the bench for me, and it's you can't you can't just do it for yeah, one week. Centre wing, there's there's always a lot of options, um, and you know there's some good ones. I mean, May's heavily owned, so I'm not really going to talk about May um, because I think you know everyone already owns him for this buy round. But he's obviously a premium option. I do think that Manu is the best option, though. And I will say, I mentioned Drinkwater is probably top two or three type of you know ceiling great option. I think Manu is the number one buy for the week, even above Angus, because he's starting at fullback. Uh, he's 600,000. And he's actually having um, a much more consistent season than what he's ever done before, averaging 67 a game so far. Uh, and his base and base attack has been right there in the mid-40s. So... He's been pretty safe, which is something that he wasn't really there before for him. He's still got three games sub 30, but he's also going uh, 60 plus more than what he ever has before at 58% of the time. He's got the tons in him. He's already scored three this, this year, Billy, 100 points, 104 and 118. And we know the stats from last year. I mean, you salivated over them all last year. When he's in a buy round and he's starting at fullback, he's scoring 100 plus most of the time. So, He's a great captaincy option at the end of this round. I'll probably have the captaincy on him. Uh, and I think he's a fantastic buy at 600000 He's the best centre wing or fullback buy for me that you can get. Yeah, like, I think 100% the VCC option um, is, you know, him and sort of Garrick. He's the supremo, mate. I'm not even going to argue with you. Yeah. Would you rate him as the best the best guy for the buy round? The best, the number one purchase that everyone should make? Oh, uh, I'm not sure about number one. Like I'd have a Garrick over him purely because he's playing fullback now, kicking goals. Um, uh, Manu's got a tough draw. He can go back to scoring 45s. Um, I think Garrick can sort of do that, do 45s with sort of kicking goals and just kick returns and no try. And so I think Garrick's got a little bit more upside there, um, but not far away, particularly when he, you know, you know, he can score 150 this week just playing fullback because he loves coming into this one game a year at fullback. It's almost like he's trying to prove himself for a million dollar contract. So, this is the, the other option. Garrick at 627,000 is very similar um, in the price point. He's averaging 63 for the year, but he's now obviously starting fullback, like you said. He scored 67 points last game at, at fullback against the Storm, which is pretty solid. But controversial opinion, like I, I really like the Warriors matchup this week and the Tigers matchup, but I actually think without DCE, there's a real chance that Manly could struggle and, and lose in a pretty bad game to the Warriors. So I'm really down on the Manly side at the moment. Uh, and I, you know, I apologise Manly fans. I actually quite like the team, but even with Turbo and DCE there, Billy throughout this year, there's been a lot of big red flags where they've gotten flogged, even with their full team. 
Uh, a lot of weak edges, a lot of easy tries being given up. The Broncos towed them a few weeks ago. In that Broncos game, it's a really good example because it was one where, you know, you thought it was a decent enough matchup. Manly had their full side and Garrett came out and scored 20 points that game. You know, I'm I'm not saying that he's going to score 20 against the Warriors, but for 627,000, I'm actually pretty worried without Turbo and without DCE that Manly could go badly this week. And even further along the track, DCE is going to back up against that West Tigers side in round 14. And there's obviously still going to be no Turbo. And, he's, you know, it could still be not the best matchup that you think it will be. But round 15 and 16, we've got the Cowboys and Melbourne, two of the best defensive sides in the competition. So I'm, I'm really not on... Um, I'm really against Manly at the moment, to be honest, on, on getting them in. Um, I'm not saying that Garrick's going to be a terrible buy, but I, that's why I rate him behind uh, Joey Manu myself. You're, you're actually pretty much right on the money there. I didn't even think of that. The fact that the, uh, the halves of Manly are out, the Tooks are pretty much full, full strength in the spine, uh, as well as some decent forwards. So, although I sort of think Teddy's the only one missing and the, uh, the bloke of the lot was the one replacing him. So, <laughs> Probably swinging, probably reversing my decision on that one. Don't want to twist your arm, mate. No, Don't want to twist oh, your arm no, in the buy round. No, I, 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 <laughs> I, did, I, mean, I didn't even think of it like that. I think you're right. Um, yeah, you think you're right. Uh, we're, we're not, we're not just one to Barnsy there. Yeah. Uh, the next guy to talk about real, real drop off. Like I think Manu, May, and Garrick are the three premium options. And the other guy is Aitken. He's averaging 60 plus for the year, but. It's a little bit below where we'd hope. I mean, last week he had a really good one where he scored 66 points against Newcastle with 56 raw base. Um, he's been pretty solid. He just hasn't had many of the you know 70-plus games and not as many 60-plus games as what you'd hope. Manly, like I said, though, I, I don't know that Manly's going to go well this week. I actually think that their edges are pretty bad, and I've said that for months, and for months their edges have been pretty bad at letting in points. So I, I actually think he's a decent special to go over this week. I couldn't recommend him as a buy, even though he's got that dual status. There's a lot of other jewels at the moment that you get from second row to center wing, like a Talakai and stuff now. 549,095 BE. I actually think that he's a chance at, at hitting the BE and, and having a try and going over for like a 94 type score, like he did in round five against the Cowboys. But as a buy, it's a pretty tough buy to make. Yeah, there's certain ones you go lay, mate. He's sort of one of them. I wouldn't want to sort of bank on it. Um, I think lots of people have a really, really strong sort of centre three quarter at the moment. Like you've, you've obviously got May. Plenty still have Targo. Talent guys now available down there. Um, everyone's going to have, oh, sorry, lots of people are going to have a one, either one of sort of Garrick or sort of, um, um, what do you call it? Um, we're just talking about it, Joe, Joe Manu, Manu now. So you, re- you realistically don't need to go to the gun ho on, on someone else down there. Everyone's still got, you know, uh, Karaz and sort of uh, Valia and someone else down there. So it's probably more of a more of a leave it and sort of pad up to someone else next, next week. Yep. No, I agree. Um, when we're talking about absolute pods here, uh, a guy that's a bit cheaper. But it's, it's a good example, though, of there's going to be a lot of teams, Billy, that don't have enough money to, like, get three guns in. They're, they're going to have to get two guns and downgrade someone. And instead of going to the mid-downgrade, there is um, a few complete downgrades. And I'd rather do that on one of those three trades or four trades to get your other two or three trades to guns. Uh, and one of those 
one of those guys is Saab just got named at 237,000. Now we saw what Saab did last year without Turbo and it's horrendous. Even this year he's averaging 21 points. I couldn't do it, uh, but there is someone that's also been equally as bad this year. And he's actually, in, he's actually in origin camp and that is the Hammer. So the Hammer has averaged 29 points a game this year. He spent a lot of games coming off the bench last week. He got his start on the wing and he averaged, he only got 22 points. Yeah, pretty terrible. The thing to consider with the hammer at the moment is he's starting on the week and he's only 250000 So he's not a guy that's going to make you money, but he is a guy that while he starts on some of these games might be playable. Um, the problem with him is that he's going to potentially be back on the bench and that's going to kill his value. So I was actually like really all in on the hammer, Billy, this week, but then I realised that, you know what, he's going to be good this week. Like, I could see him scoring a try or two against the Titans. He's been named in the centres and he's a perfect downgrade at about 250000 The problem is you throw him in your centre wing and then he gets put on the bench the next week and he, he breaks all those cardinal rules as someone that's going to make you cash or be playable um, even for that great Cowboys run because you can't play him off the bench. So even with uh, downgrade options, really, benchmarking those guys, you know, would you get in a Karaz after he's already had the price rises? Because he's right in that price bracket too. And I sort of think that Jacob Karaz is going to keep starting and he's still got a decent break even and make a bit of money in the future. So at 250-odd K, maybe you just get someone like that in if you have to do a downgrade for this round. Yeah, if you have to, yeah, he's an option. Um, I think most people would have him by now though because he's, Obviously, the break even sort of last week. I think his score last week was a bit of an anomaly. I thought he would have scored more than that with, with that sort of team, but oh, well, you know, shit happens. Yeah, look, at, at that price, you surely, you surely would. Ca- I think he's a classic example of someone that you would cash out to as opposed to you know, getting getting a butcher, knowing that, you know, a, a bit of luck, maybe he scores, what, 35 or 55 points, and then you've got 200 grand to upgrade someone else to an absolute weapon next week as opposed to, Having to play butcher for a couple of weeks, so I think that's where the where where the maybe not being your, your your plans for the entire year, but gives you a little bit of a platform and some points in, in the interim as for one last kind of splurge before you know you, you start going to guns and nuffies and, and completely get rid of the crap. Yeah, look, I'll be honest. Actually, the, the more I think about it, the more I look at it, I'm pretty confident that the hammer will keep starting. It's just yeah, it felt out until round seventeen at the moment. It's an MCL tear, so. He's going to struggle even when he comes back. He might even be out longer. And there's a chance that the hammer ends up back on the bench, but I kind of think that he'll just end up moving from centre back to the wing and keep starting. I think that's heavily, heavily likely, despite the fact I don't really want to trust Todd Payton. So I'm going to come around on it. But 250000 a month thought of starting games, you know, he's going to end up making some cash on that run that we talked about. So I think that he's the best downgrade option. It is a little bit of risk, so... Uh, you don't know what Peyton will do. Maybe he gets benched. So, But I'd still rate him as the best downgrade option, especially for your centre-wing fullback type of spots if you don't have the cash, because he does have the upside to score the tries as well. So, yeah, Hammer's the downgrade pick for me. Karaz is an option still as well. So fullback's a really important spot. Um, Drinkwater is far and away the best one, but we spoke about him as the 5.8s. When you're looking at pod value, 502,000, Reese Walsh has had a pretty decent month. 57, 76, 50, and 56. Nothing stellar there. Still averaging 60-plus over the last month of footy and has the goal-kicking duties for the Warriors. Now, I do think it's a great matchup this week against Manly, uh, and I would actually rate him as a decent buy. The problem is that I don't like the Warriors draw very much. After this Manly game, 
which you can, you know, maybe consider a good game for them. Um, they've then got the Sharks and the Panthers, so that's a bad two weeks for the Warriors. Then they hit the Tigers, and then they got the bye, and then they come out of the bye, and they've got the Eels, they've got the Raiders at GIO Stadium, and then they've got the Melbourne Storm and then Souths. So it's just the draw kind of puts me off because it's it's good for this round, Billy. Like I actually do think that they'll go well this round and Walsh could end up scoring uh, a try, which he hasn't scored yet this year, believe it or not, after 12 rounds wow. against Jesus. Manly. So it's a great one-round play. If you've got 27 trades, 28 trades, I can go bombs away and just get him in for a couple of weeks. But it's it's the, the wider draw just makes it a bit hard because he's not going to make any cash and you're not going to be able to play him, you know, even in the short long term. It's horrible. No tries for a fullback. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and a talented thought, one too. I mean, he's a good attacking player. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't do it, mate. I can't, can't go anywhere near him. Mm. Oh, look, I'm going to say he's a, he's a good purchase if you've got a mountain of trades and you can just afford to burn burn two trades on him in a couple of weeks. He's he's the type of guy that could go well this week. Talk about someone else, which I think might, it might be more worthwhile in that position. It's a good draw, but <laughs> give me give me the other one now. I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath because I can't guess who it is. Give it to me, Edwards. Edwards. Oh, I did look at Edwards. He, he's he's pretty rock solid, um, but he's not particularly cheap. Yeah, I know, but the, the draw is in the same. So, uh, best obviously, best attacking team in the comp, uh, reigning premiers. They've got the Bulldogs, Newcastle, uh, Warriors. Then they've got obviously got the the Roosters and then a bye. But then they've then they've got uh, the Tigers, Sharks, Eels, Canberra. So then they come into a yep. tough run. It um, is a really good month. That's yeah, why that's Cam- why I like Cam- Cam- Storm, but That's a hell of a yeah, but I'd I'd I'd, uh, I'd, pro- I'd much rather go sort of um, him at the price actually. Well, the thing with Edwards is that he's got a raw base of thirty six. Um, so his base, along with his um, tackle breaks, is going to get you you know a forties as a baseline as a floor. So, so you know it's so, not going to be bad. Same as yeah, you know it's not going to be bad. Um, and five hundred forty five thousand, you know, he's a bit expensive. He may not make money, but you're going to get yeah. some good points for a few weeks. So he is one of those guys that hits like a short-term play where you could play him for three weeks for sure and then trade him out for that Roosters game or just hold him and play him in that round 18 West Tigers matchup and then trade him to a healthy Pappenhausen, hopefully for not too much more cash. So he does work in the plan as well. I reckon I reckon, I reckon Timmy picks him up. He's a... He's a... He's renowned for picking yeah. up people on runs, and he's a panther, and they have a good run. I reckon Timmy. Mm. I reckon Timmy will pick you up. Oh, yeah, that's a good chat. I'm just going to go quickly. So I'm just I've just pulled up the uh, the, the Supercoach stats. So what I'm just going to out of all the games that he's played this year, I'm not even going to look at scores. I'm just going to pick the games that were softer runs. So, so Manly, St George, St George, Newcastle, Bulldogs. Broncos, Canberra, Titans. I'll leave out Parrot, I'll leave out Storm, I'll leave out Roosters, and I'll leave it and I'll leave out Cowboys. 54 average. So 77, 23, 74, 61, 30, 32. Oh, that was only our 62 minutes. You must, you must have had the injury game. I'll take the injury game out. 57 average. There you go. 
versus bottom half yes. of the ladder. It's not the grower, yeah. And that's the thing. That's that's the thing with Edwards. He doesn't get that much attack. Um, that's the only problem. But you know, you could argue that at least for this week, and certainly over this Origin period, if people are rested, you know, Luai and um, Cleary are both obviously going to be on Origin duty this yeah. week. So he's got a lot of more opportunity to have the ball in his hands. And you know, there's a chance that one or both of those guys are rested at some point over this this run as well. And if that happens, then he's he's got the extra opportunity yeah. there too. So he's he's not going to disappoint you with the floor. He's just not going to blow you out of the ceiling. I think you're right. Happens. He's only got two tries for the year in the best team in the comp, and he's he's scored sixty one versus the dogs last time. And that was with a line rate try. Yeah, all right. So he's not the worst. He's not the greatest. He's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and and that and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the story of this buy round. It's not the worst. It's not the greatest. It's just an okay player, and that's probably the answer on most of these players. So definitely try and buy premium. Um, think about those strategies that we spoke about um, just to finish up on very quickly. I think that um, for me, it's drink water plays first. So drink water VC. Um, Manu C, but also you raise a good point with Garrick as a, as a VC option as well. And I'll, I'll throw out there that even in that Panthers dogs match, if you think the Panthers are going to keep going well, even a May or a Kikau or a Burton, even as a revenge Burton complete pod game, they could work um, as a VC. I think what people need to remember with the VC, Billy, is it's a free hit and you can lower your expectations. Like, you know, I've, I've looped a, an 85 90 type of score before on the buy round, that's what you should be looking at because it's money in the bank and you've only got maybe 10, 11 players running. Those sort of scores are fine. And you've got to look at guys that can hit those, you know, guys like Matty Kikau can hit that against the, the dogs if they score a try or two each. So uh, I think those are my options, but definitely Manu and Drinkwater, I think you have premiums for the, the CVC type of area. Yeah, agree with all that, mate. Agree with, don't have anything else to add apart from good podcast type of bed. <laughs> Good podcast, time for bed, time for the buy round. Let's, uh, Billy, thanks for jumping on for the buy round special. A lot of fun. It won't be fun probably when we look at our scores next week from the buy round because I think it's going to be an absolute shocker for everyone. But thanks for jumping on. Uh, as long as it's 10% higher than someone I'm playing, mate, yep, I'll be yep, happy. Yep. Definitely. Well, everybody, you want to listen to this podcast, you can grab us just about everywhere, but certainly SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Audible and Amazon. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Hit up our sponsor, topsport.com.au. Get on them with a promo code of SC All Stars. I'll know you're one of our listeners. Take great care of you when you're on the punt with them. But otherwise, good luck with the buy round. If you're not playing the buy round, good luck getting your team ready for your head to head. Maybe a head to head loss this week if that's your league set up. But enjoy the footy. We're going to have the talking footy episode at the end of the week still. Only four games of footy this week, so you may as well listen to me and someone else talk a bit of footy. It's going to be me and Luke Garrity, especially discussing the origin teams along with all the other hot topics in rugby league. But until then, thanks very much for listening, guys and girls. Look forward to chatting to you again real soon. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on.